0: Welcome to Running Virtually with Just Plain Dave, Episode 102, Pre-Race Thoughts and Race Recap of the Marine Corps Marathon 50K. This episode is brought to you by Just Plain Dave, self-taught learning how to be a sound engineer, production designer, and blah, blah, blah. When you listen to a podcast and you see the eight or ten people that are given credits at the end, I wonder, wow, how do you find a crew like that? So in this episode, I'm going to share with you a handful of snippet recordings that I did in the days leading up to the Marine Corps Marathon race as I shared my thoughts as I was getting ready for a trip to Washington, D.C. when I was away from home for the better part of six days due to a work conference and then the Marine Corps Marathon weekend. And so I hope You'll come along for the ride as I share some thoughts, some observations, and then a much longer race recap that finishes this up. I am grateful for birds chattering in the trees, A warm cup of coffee, and dawn rising in the eastern sky with a peachy, pinky glow where you can barely even see the clouds, but they're all lit up like someone spilled a box of Crayola crayons. That is such a fifth grade poem thing to say, but I'm grateful. And good morning my friends. It is 7:30 on Wednesday morning and my adventure has begun. I have left the fair city, my capital city of Providence, and I'm headed south on Route 95, headed through the Big Apple, past Philadelphia to Baltimore to have an afternoon with my daughter in her senior year of college before I make my way to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. More later. Well, it is lunchtime on Friday of the Marine Corps weekend, and I am in Washington, D.C., I'm standing on the shores of the National Harbor right next to the National Convention Center. And wow, this place is huge and so modern and so different. I'm realizing that the last time I visited Washington, D.C. was 1989. And oh no, maybe 1988, doesn't really matter. A long time ago, this convention center definitely did not exist. And there's this huge kind of, I'll call it outdoor mall of shops and restaurants and things like that. And uh, luckily, there's lots of good options for lunch, so I'll go grab something. But I'm also, I don't know if you can hear that in the background, there's a Hindu wedding going on, and it is a spectacle of color. Just so much singing and dancing and bright colors. It's absolutely beautiful. So uh, what a neat thing. I just came out of the uh, picking up your race packet in the convention center. And gosh, I know that some people like the, (laughs) the big old you can see everything you want at the race expo and buying shoes and buying jackets and man it is just too crowded for me that is not my place to be so i went in did a quick walk through i bet besides getting my shirt and bib number i bet i was in there an extra maybe 12 minutes um yeah just just not my thing but I enjoy my 12 minutes. I just don't need standing in line for other swag and things. Things that I don't really need. But it is fun to be in a building with a few thousand, maybe 10,000 runners getting ready for their race. More later. Well, now it is Saturday the 28th, the day before the race, and I have decided that in the world of planning that I can do and preparation, I can do a scope out of the metro. So from the apartment where I'm staying, I can uh, practice, do a practice run down to the Pentagon. And, uh, and here's my train. It's two minutes early, glad I am too. So I, uh, I took a bus, that took about 12 minutes, now I'm hopping on a nearly empty yellow line train, subway train, and uh, headed to the Pentagon to see what this looks like. And then I'll be spending the day at some museums. Well, hello my friends. It is 5 a.m. Sunday, October 29th, race morning and you know how the human body is weird i uh i of course woke up 15 minutes before my alarm and my alarm was set for 4 15 a.m and uh had my breakfast had a little bit of caffeine and now i am taking advantage of the very good public transit system in washington d.c as I sit at my bus stop at the corner of Georgia and Kennedy, waiting for the number 70 bus to take me down to the yellow line subway metro, and I will from there head off to the Pentagon. More later. hello my friends, it is 6:41 a.m the race starts at 7 15. we are out in the middle of what i would call a highway it is route 110 in arlington virginia and it is three lanes wide on this side and three lanes wide on the other and they've got the whole road shut down and uh it is fascinating it is pretty darn dark um sunrise we start at 7:15. And sunrise, I think is at like 7.35, or like 20 minutes post-start. So uh, it'll be interesting in the dark for the first couple miles. Um, the 50K folks are all kind of gathered up in one area. And um, I think with the background music, I think I'll stop right here. So more later. Well, I'm still in the start area. Here's the train going by. And I thought I'd share a little fanboy highlight there's an ultra runner named Mike Wardian, who is from Virginia. And as I was just standing there walking by, he's a Hoka sponsored athlete, so he's always wearing a Hoka hat. And I looked at him and said, hey, Mike Wardian. And of course, he would never know who I am, but he's someone that I, I follow on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and think he's pretty cool. And uh, that was neat, especially because it's dark, so it's kind of not easy to see people. Anyway, he has a distinctive look, so I was able to kind of spot him, say hi, and take a selfie with him. Well, hello, my friends, this is Just Plain Dave. And the brown dog and I are out for a walk in the autumn sunshine. It is a crisp, cool day. Such a nice, refreshing change. We've had a couple of nights of hard frost, temperatures right down around freezing. Daytime highs in the upper 40s, I think. A Little bit of crunchy leaves. I promise not to do just leaf noise for the next half an hour. I wanted to share with you a recap and some thoughts I have on the Marine Corps Marathon. As I recorded all the little like pre-race snippets here and there, I thought I would do more on the day of the race. But once we got near the start line and I got to hang out with the other 50k folks, things just got busy and I... Put my recording device away, my phone in my pocket, and never really took it out. I did take a photo at one point during the race, as we crossed one of the bridges from Arlington into Washington D.C. right at sunrise, and there's a beautiful, colorful sunrise behind the Washington Monument. So that was a shot I thought I'd snag. That was probably mile less than four. But then, uh, yeah, I was actually working hard. So. I'll cut to the punchline on times. My previous 50k PR was about four hours and 50 minutes right in that range, but all my other 50ks that I've run have been on trails, and so one trail race doesn't really compare with another trail race, and none of them compare with a generally flat road race. There's some hills, it's kind of a little up and down at Marine Corps, but it's it's, for a 50k race, it's not especially hilly. And it's f- pavement, so it's very runnable, right? So there's no, there's no reason to walk. Like, there's no technical rocky section or very steep hill that would say, oh, this is just an automatic walk break. So my approach, which I do for a lot of training runs as well, is uh, to pretty much run all the time and walk during the water breaks. So kind of get off to the very side at the water stations and while i'm drinking my water or electrolyte and in this race they were using noon as the electrolyte supplement um and they served it in a very good dilution like it was not too strong it was just right um so i'd walk during those so really for the first 27 miles my only walk breaks were at the uh at the water stations so I set a PR in the 50K. My total time was four hours, 36 minutes. So I'm I'm pleased with that. That was was a good effort. And my split time at the marathon was three hours, 47 minutes. Also respectable. Also the fastest marathon I've run since about 2016. Um, I haven't really raced hard any road marathons uh, in the last seven years but but still I think it just I went in thinking I'm feeling good I'm feeling fit I'm feeling strong let's see how it goes and so in the start area I was hanging out with the people the pacers that had a a pace goal of four hours and 30 minutes for 50k um so very respectable. And like, there's a couple different ways to race. Like one way is smart and saying, oh, I'll go out slow and then try to pick up the pace later. Another way is crazy or stupid. And this is the approach that I took, which was if, the, if that goal finish time had a required running pace of eight, eight and a half minutes per mile, so about eight minutes, 20 seconds, eight minutes, 30 seconds per mile, my attitude was, well, I can just keep running that, at that pace until I can't anymore. And, uh, and on a cool weather day, it actually might have worked. Um, but so I was basically able to maintain that strong pace for the, for, for, for the marathon, right, for 26 miles. And then I decided that I was, I was fading and didn't want to put myself at potential health risk. And so I slowed down just a little bit. So I'm very happy with my maritime, uh, my marathon split. I'm very happy with my 50K finish, all good. Even most important, I am healthy and unbroken. Little, little blister on the middle toe on my left foot where that is a, a normal thing for me after one of these races. That, that toe and that toenail decide that it needs to be a little blistered at the end of the day. Really no harm, no foul. So, if you heard anything about this event, what you probably heard was that it was crazy humid and more, and one, crazy humid. Two, more people were using first aid and medical support than is normal or is common. And three, they shortened the course for folks who were not achieving certain finish times so that they would um, get them off, off the course and not put them in greater health risk. And so, I was able to finish unaffected, but for both marathoners and 50K folks, there were two places where in the kind of last one third of the race, they called it a gauntlet where you'd kind of go out this one road um, and do an out and back. And so if that's, you know, a mile out and a mile back, very easy for the race organizers to say, okay, we're cutting you off here, having you go straight to the next section and skip that little out-and-back gauntlet. And so I know of a few folks who were pretty disappointed that they're, they weren't able to do the full distance that they'd signed up for because the race directors uh, kind of put, put a kibosh on it. Um, but I would say to them that you did everything that you could do on the day, given the conditions, and given what the race directors were allowing, and that they had, I think there were a total of about 25,000 runners in the marathon, about that, and about 1,300 in the 50K. So one thing that was unusual for all the ultras that I've ever run is that you're very rarely with more than a few people, right? Like once once you've been out on the road for four plus hours, you know, people get spread out. Because this race was so well attended and the way they set it up is they had the 50K folks go out and start about 45 minutes before the marathoners. So we would do this one section out and back and be at mile nine of our race when the marathoners were at mile four of their race. And so we merge back together and then do the last 22 miles together. So basically the 50K folks just kind of blend into the marathon crowd and you can't really tell who's who besides the color of their bib. And uh, so it was a little bizarre to be in a crowd And literally at some points having to kind of fight through traffic and zigzag around people. um, That is just not the normal course for me when I'm thinking about doing an ultramarathon. And I I guess I would say one of the ways the race officials could improve the situation is if they made short delays, if they did a wave start and had like, you know, the people who are going to finish in under three hours go. And then literally just five minutes later, if you think you're going to finish under 3.30, go. And then five minutes later, if you're going to finish under four, and go. But what they did is they just had all 25,000 people line up, you know, with signs that said, if you, if you think this is your pace, put the faster folks in front. But they just had them all go at the same time. And so there was, you had to kind of, one, trust people to self-police and put themselves in the right order. But two, you just created this unbelievably heavy wave of people and the race starts on a highway an actual (laughs) interstate highway and so the first couple of roads are super wide so there's there's no problem at the beginning of having a giant crowd but then once you cut into georgetown and you're in kind of a slightly more residential neighborhood it got crowded it was like really lots of people on the road so um yeah i think if they had done a wave start with just slight delays doesn't have to be long, but just enough to kind of create a little gap between the different clusters of runners. Um, And then the other thing, that that this is my only real complaint about the race, and it wasn't a a thing that affected me so much, is that the people who were the push rim athletes, so the wheelchairs, um, hand hand bikes, um, all the folks with wheels, they really should have been given an opportunity to go first. And basically what the race did is had the... 50k people start and then I don't know what the delay was but then the push rim folks start and then the marathoners start and there just wasn't enough room like space between those things and so the push rim folks were kind of caught up in the crowd you know not the elites the elite top five or ten they're cruising and they're just done before anyone else but the I'll say the regular folks the the middle of the pack push rim and wheelchair folks man they had to be fighting through traffic and It it wasn't fair to them. Like, honestly, it felt like they didn't get to do a race that day because they didn't have a clear road in front of them. And they were definitely not going the same pace as the runners because on the downhills, they might be cruising. And then on the uphills, they're inching. And so that was, that was my one disappointment. Like I've, I've done Boston. And so you see how they do it well with the push room athletes and the wheelchair athletes. And it's not that hard, right? And it doesn't cost anything extra. You just kind of create different delays in your starting system so that the people with wheels have space to have access to these nice open roads. Cause that's the cool thing. If you're going to sign up for a marathon and you're a push room athlete, you know, you want to go and try to set a PR. You want to go work hard. And that was just really not not fair to them as athletes in the event um, other than that i had a great time i really so after after the marathon split i started to slow down a little bit i was still walking at the at the water stops but i probably added call it one one short walk break per mile right so that's in the last five miles an extra five short walk breaks maybe 30 seconds times five um, just to kind of maintain my energy. I was definitely feeling on the edge of dehydrated, definitely feeling on the edge of underfueled. Um, and this is where I will recap my fueling. Because this is such a big and well-supported race, I decided not to carry any of my own food or water. I'm like, you know what? If they're gonna be handing me stuff out on the course, I will rely on that. And so they gave out um, like these little honey, honey stinger waffles. If you're a Dutch listener, those we would call them stroke waffles. Um, they gave those out. They gave out these, uh, jelly bean, energy jelly beans. Um, they gave out this maple syrup tube, uh, forget what it's called. Anyway, every time they gave, oh, they gave out shot blocks, these kind of little gel cubes. Um, every time they gave out a piece of food like that or (laughs) consumable calories, none of these things were actually real food. Um, every time they did that, I took two, right? (laughs) So I... I ate one promptly, and then in the next water stop, ate another. And so, I'm confident that my total calories in was adequate, but just barely. And so, at the, when I finished this race, my energy tank was empty. Like I just wanted to sit down and eat a banana and sit down quietly and say, "Okay, I got to regroup and let my body catch up." And so, um, but so I think I took in enough calories, and then also the the humidity was really, really high. If it wasn't 100%, it was really close because a few times it tried to drizzle on us, but not really. (laughs) It's like the air was kind of spitting at us, um, but not enough rain to actually cool us off and make us feel more comfortable. And so it's just a, a, a little bit of a challenge. But so that with the humidity, you're just not sweating or you're sweating, but it's not evaporating off your body. It's not cooling you down as well. And so at every water stop, I would usually take... Two cups of electrolyte because they filled them up so small. Like they're bare. Like two cups was really one serving of what I needed, and then one cup of water. And I was trying to just balance: Am I getting enough fluids in? And so if I thought I was getting enough fluids, I would drink half the water and pour half of it on my head. And if I felt like oh, I need a little bit more, I would just drink the water and and uh, drink and drink the electrolytes. And then just to keep things balanced. And I think, I think it worked because, because it worked at the end. Um, I took like a, a salt caplet, an Enduro light salt caplet at miles, uh, 10, 20 and 25. And so basically that was just getting some extra salt and electrolytes in me. And at the end of the day, I had no gut issues. I never needed to make a pit stop. Um, everything went fine. And so in that case, like when we look at it and say, well, if everything goes well and you finish healthy, then, then everything was as good as it was going to get. Um, and that's how I feel. I feel like I, I got the best out of the day that I could. And a lot of people didn't. You know, like the, the handful of people who I talked to who really enjoyed themselves looked at the weather conditions, which were warm, like kind of low 70s, um, well, low 70s if you finished by noon, but it got up to like 74, 75 in the early afternoon. And that's when they were cutting the short course for the cutting the course short for the people who were out there for a very long time Um, so it wasn't hot but it was so humid that you just couldn't really cool off couldn't sweat and so uh the people who enjoyed the day the most just took their time right so instead of going at their planned race pace they just said okay i'm gonna go a minute per mile slower so if that's a person who would normally run a 10 minute mile they went out at 11 minutes per mile. They finished just fine. They made all the cutoffs because the cutoffs were were pretty reasonable, um, and uh, and then they stop and take pictures at the at the monuments and just kind of enjoy it. Whereas someone like me doing it the stupid way of racing hard for the first marathon and then seeing if you could hang on, um, I just went in and said, "Hey, let's see what I can do." And I've had I've run enough races to know that if things are about to go wrong you know, I can, I can stop and regroup and walk for a bit. And that's where I added those kind of short walk breaks in for the last five miles. So all in all, it was great. There were about 10 people from my Rhode Island Narragansett Brewery Running Club down there. Uh, Three of us did the 50K and I think seven, seven or eight did the full marathon and i saw a couple of them before the race i saw a couple of them after the race and i saw all of them this past wednesday night which was just really nice to catch up and hang out none of us went out for the actual run on wednesday night we just went and uh um hung out and had had a beverage and pizza and enjoyed the conversation and telling war stories and telling about our our experiences and that was nice. It's one of those things that's a really fun thing to do. And the fact that we did most of that while the runners were out on the one hour run meant that when they all got back, they didn't have to hear every single story, but whatever, it's all good, right? This is what we do. We like to hang out and, talk and go running and then talk about running and have a beverage and talk about running some more. So I would give the Marine Corps Marathon an eight out of 10. It's definitely worth doing. I'm not sure that I feel like I need to go back um, really running... Fi- Actually, if I go back, I'm going to run the marathon. I, I'm not sure how much benefit I get out of running 50K on the road. I just enjoy being out in nature and the woods so much that that it's kind of weird to spend that much time on pavement. And there's so many bridges and other kind of causeways that you go on in this race that it's not just pavement it's concrete like concrete roadways and concrete sidewalk things and it, you may not think it makes a difference but it really does like the concrete is much more rigid and, and unforgiving and so um so i i like running that much on concrete is is not on my wish list um I think big thumbs up to the race organizers for making hard decisions and saying, you know what, here's what we need to do to keep people safe and healthy. And I think that's a hard thing to do and they're gonna get a little bit of pushback. But when you're dealing with 25,000 people um, and and it's all in this one wave, right? So you're five to six hours in and all these people are gonna need medical assistance at the same time if something goes wrong. And, and frankly, I saw more people using medical assistance, you know, and that was in the first four hours um, than I have at almost any other race, actually more than any other race. And so, you know, that's and there's there were Marines out on the course all over the place. Um, so there's tons of support. And then there were EMTs, a phenomenal number of EMTs given the scale of the race. And so I think they did it really, really well. Uh, and you gotta take what you get, right? So you don't expect the last weekend in October to be exceptionally warm and exceptionally humid. Those are, those are tough conditions and we can't blame the race director for that. And, you know, I could have been smart, gone slower, enjoyed the day, taken more photos. But I decided that, uh, this was my, this was really the one race this year where I, I raced hard to go for a time. You know, when I, when I did the Manchester to Menadnock Ultra, that was really fun, it was really long, it was really challenging, but it wasn't fast. You know, that was not me pushing my physical limits for speed where uh, at Marine Corps, that's what I tried to do. So all in all, a great day, a great event. Oh, one last thought, the city of Washington, DC. What a great place. We should all try to get there. You know, like Many, uh, many of us went in eighth or ninth grade for a school field trip many of our kids went when they were in 8th or ninth grade and we just think that oh that's that thing you do but I had so much fun visiting museums on Friday and Saturday and the museums are all free some will, some are happy to take a donation but they're all free and there's so much to see um, the Museum of African-American History was a total highlight that I didn't expect like I didn't know much about it but I, I'm really glad I went um, I went to the Hirshhorn Museum, which is the National Museum of Modern Art. Pretty funky, pretty interesting stuff. Things that I would not otherwise come across or be exposed to. Um, went to the Museum of American History, but that was, that was kind of same old, same old, what you expect from you know a, uh, an encyclopedia of US history. Uh, so I actually didn't spend as much time in there because I felt like what I wanted to see were things that were new and different that I hadn't crossed paths with prior. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the museums. I enjoyed the food scene. I had a really nice dinner with my friend Chris Russell and his family. <laughs> I invited myself to take a shower in his hotel room post-race and have dinner with him and his family, and, uh, and that was a nice thing. Um, I, had, I was there for a conference last week, and so I get to go out for dinner with some other kind of work colleagues from around the country, and that was great so i just i really enjoyed my time in dc oh and a huge thank you to my friends danny and zoe so these are friends from my rhode island run club um but they let me stay in their apartment and i was actually cat sitting for them but they let me stay in their apartment and that was a huge benefit and i got to spend some time in parts of washington dc that are not on the tourist path and uh and that was a really, a really nice way to spend more time in the city and get used to the metro and feel a little more local and not just staying in, like, the giant commercial Crystal City hotels. So big thumbs up to the city. Thank you to Danny and Zoe for hosting me. Uh, nice to see my friend Eric from Cape Cod. He did the marathon as well, and he and I finished it at almost exactly the same time. He had a good day. And, uh, yeah, all in all, thumbs up for the Marine Corps Marathon and 50K, really glad that I did it. Wish the weather was a little bit cooler, but you know what, you take what you get and you make the most of it. And I now have only one thing left in my calendar, the Mill Cities Relay at the beginning of December. And I gotta think about some goals and plans and thoughts for next year. I think I, my number one hit is gonna be trying to find a travel marathon, an event to go to where I get to find someplace interesting to be and then hang out with a few thousand friends and go for a run. So thank you all for listening. Happy to have shared my story. I hope you are all well. And as we head into the season of Thanksgiving, be grateful for what you have. We are all fortunate. Even when things feel tough, we have a lot of things going our way. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, uh, you probably have more things that are favorable than negative. And uh, I wish you well. I share my greetings. Happy trails, my friends. And if you have a chance, take your brown dog for a walk you